The Viewpoint with Songhez Omapepe on Mondays and Tuesdays, 8 till 10 p.m. We're back. We're live, 21.32. No stranger to the platform, just like our previous guest in the previous hour. We now have Dr. Kosile Tlape in his personal capacity having a general conversation just to make South Africans a little more aware as to what we mean when we talk about the health promotions levy. I had a look at it, and on SARS, the health promotion levy on sugary beverages is the new levy in support of the Department of Health's deliverables to, among other things, decrease diabetes, obesity, and other related diseases in South Africa. The health promotion level will be administered and collected by SARS. But precisely why do we in the first place have to have this? Why can't people be allowed to make their choices like everybody else is allowed to make one's choice and whatever adverse consequence the body faces, then the body faces without it necessarily attracting an additional tax on top of the, what many might argue, high tax in this country. A health advocate, of course, who will know the health application the, the health ramifications or the health context of this particular levy is on the line. Dadele Tlapi, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SFM again. Uh, good evening to you and to the listeners. South Africans, health promotion levy, what does it mean for them? Why do we even need it? From a health advocacy perspective, why is it important and why is this, despite the fact that many South Africans are entitled to make what decisions they do, why should this attract an additional burden for them to, if you like, enjoy their lives? I guess the problem is that the way we enjoy ourselves will increase the burden of disease and it becomes an extra burden on the health system. Not dissimilar to measures that are taken uh, during an emergency to protect the health system. Not eating healthily has a major, major health impact. The impact of obesity worldwide is major. And that is why uh, levies are being looked at. But the fact that people choose to live their lives the way they do, it's not as if they are not contributing to the state coffers. It's not as if that tax which or that amount of money they are contributing, say cigarettes or your liquor or your high sugar concentrated foods and related um products available at retail they have contributed why are they now being treated as a burden well the point is they contribute but they also contribute to increasing the healthcare costs on the nation and the impact on the healthcare system if it were a question of if you've harmed yourself you will not get treatment you are on your own you are not a burden on the healthcare system that would be a different uh, proposition but ethically, that would be untenable. Very and untenable. Accept that. So, so the best way would be to have mitigating circumstances. But uh, what I hope will be done is that we got to stop doing it in a simplistic manner, which doesn't improve things down the line. That was my next question. Is it actually a mitigating matter altogether by increasing the tax without more? Well, if you look at it, they are coping from the uh, sin taxes, the taxes on yes. their co- the taxes on alcohol. But what we've learned is that it makes it more expensive. So it's much easier for people that earn more. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make people that earn less not participate. So 
I think even though it is that, there has to be greater dialogue about if we collect the tax, what would be the best way to utilize it? And I think education of the population is key, but also an enabling environment to be able to access healthy foods. You know, I've always been puzzled by the fact that we talk about healthy foods, but when you go into a convenience store, if you go into the shops that are at the filling station, the garage, 90% of what they offer you is concentrated sugar. And that is something that needs to be looked at. I mean, if you are confronted with 90% of foods that are processed and sugar concentrated, it leaves you no choice. Why are we then surprised when we have bad eating, eating habits? So it has to translate into changing what is affordable and what is on the shelf. And to the extent that material, therefore, or foodstuffs or these items, let me call them syntax items, are not affordable, it simply creates a lacuna for somebody who doesn't necessarily meet the standards of these goods to simply create something. Look, for instance, illicit cigarette trading in this country and how rife it is. SARS is on a hiding to nothing trying to stop this. Look at what happened when the COVID bans were up and high. And suddenly the price of pineapple increased and people were making liquor for themselves. Will this not ultimately, to the extent that people cannot afford these increases and these levies, just simply create another market altogether? I think it would be less prevalent than what you find in with tobacco industry. Uh, as long as the product remains legal, that would be a barrier towards promoting an illicit market. But we should go beyond that. We should go to ensuring that food industrialization becomes healthy industrialization of food. So there have to be efforts to engage those that produce food to produce healthier foods. And that can be done. We've seen when the previous department engaged the food industry to decrease salt intake. Those are the steps that need to be taken in terms of uh, uh, promoting how food should be prepared so that it's healthier food. Educating people, but make the healthy foods not only readily accessible, make them affordable as well. The Healthy Living the Alliance called HALA has proposed the expansion of South Africa's health promotion levy to include ultra-processed foods. Now, this would obviously advance greater investment into social grant programs, at least that's their argument, specifically targeted an increase to the child support grant at a minimum to meet the food poverty line of what is referred to as 624 rand and extend it to pregnant mothers. This, again, will help to extend the COVID-19 support grant and help with the formalization and ultimately the enactment of a basic, in or rollout rather, of a basic income grant. I mean, if you look at that on its own, it is not necessarily a bad thing. It's very um, noble. Can the country afford to go this route by increasing the catchment or increasing the pool of these food substances or items that will now attract this levy? I think my thought, uh, we should be thinking about when we collect taxes for a particular ill in society, those taxes must be 
directed to dealing with that ill. We mustn't rob Peter say Paul. If we want to eradicate poverty, let's create jobs. Let's educate our population. Let's make people choose more. Let's create an environment where people are encouraged to make better choices in their lives. Precisely. And not take it to go and find something where we should be looking for long-lasting solutions in that regard. You know, you keep talking about long-lasting solutions and before you've used the word education, and I think I'm sold on that. Why do we just keep plugging holes as opposed to altogether come up with new ways of living? For instance, from what I understand to be Haler's perspective, Healthy Living Alliance, that's basically to ensure food security in South African households. But all of what they advance is not predicated in the securing of community land and running agricultural programs tied to with school nutrition programs, things of that sort that can certainly make a lasting impact and take care of other social challenges in the country. When you simply talk about food security, the use of agriculture and responsible use of land and water and the environment at large, why is it always a simple solution to simply tax more from what I would argue are an overtaxed community? Yes, but what I'm saying is Maybe even if you continue with the tax, you should use the tax for exactly the things that you've articulated. Teaching people about gardens, buying seed for them, buying fertilizer for them, and ensuring that they have access to water to irrigate with. Use those taxes for those purposes. So you are then helping people plant their own healthy food. Mm-hmm. But you are getting people out of the poverty mentality of being given this, being granted this, being granted that. And, the, and, and that's, that's where absolutely. we should be going to. Absolutely. You are right, because, I mean, this was essentially the point. Why should that form of social engagement, social intervention precede the tax? Yes, of course, the tax can be used to fund. I mean, the government will always find ways in which to use money that is in its tax coffers. But the point is to try and limit the taxation on the people themselves. So to the extent that it is necessary to tax, for sure, do it. But before we start talking about the expansion of the health promotion levy, why can't we engage critically, as you have articulated, particularly through related health and advocacy measures into the community so that we can, to the extent necessary and for as long as possible, avoid having to increase the tax burden on a limited number of South Africans who are contributing healthily anyway to the state tax base? Yeah, and we should begin to ask ourselves, if we are talking about alleviation of poverty and uh, the basic minimum grants, why should it only be supported by the food industry? What about other industries? Yes, yes. What about the mining industry that pollutes? What about the mining Absolutely. industry where after they have mined, you can't graze any cattle? They destroy the environment mm. and they disable us from producing food. Going forward, creating a, a, a planet that is not safe. Why don't we have come up with a comprehensive solution around these issues? So that it's not like a, an easy tax on food companies. Why are we not educating people to say, if we're saying stay away from processed foods, why are we not ensuring that there's healthier foods that are readily available? 
I wish I'd asked all of these questions to you because these are the very relevant questions that really then give the impression we are engaging the issue in the broader sense, coming up with more sustainable solutions without eating into the integrity of the tax base. Absolutely, I agree with those questions. The question is, why are those questions not being asked at that most critical level such that they are answered with the sorts of interventions as this exchange clearly is bringing out? Yeah, and, and one of the other things that concerns me is that when we talk about not healthy, not eating healthily, it affects all LSMs. Even the middle class is suffering from disease, uh, food-related diseases. So why are we not doing broad reform of how we prepare food, how we purchase, making healthy foods affordable, but making it our own culture. You know, you, you can have easy foods that are sold outside the stadium. Why are we not moving to have it, you know, um, uh, aunties that sit there at the stadium? For them to now move to producing, selling food salad at that point. I mean, I visited Thailand and I was amazed. But the hawkers there were selling fresh fruit that's sliced up, that's affordable. And your snack becomes something healthy. Mm. But because it's readily available. Quick question because I've got a minute left, literally a minute. Could we start a program of this kind? I mean, particularly when we talk about school nutrition programs, I've understood them or have seen them in reality to simply be nothing more than meals for people and children who can't afford well and good but the new school nutrition program should be a lot more in my view and i put it to you than simply receiving a meal at school ensuring that people can supply their own food and increase the food security and the reliance from living with the land and using the environment appropriately could the school nutrition program not incorporate those things particularly with the young ones who will then grow up with it and it becomes a lifestyle and then when you talk about education it is fed into the curricula and so in a what in a generation you could almost take care of south africa's food insecurity couldn't that be an option among others final comment one minute well, that would be an option among others. But remember that ch- children are raised by parents. This thing should not just be directed to children. They should also be directed to educating the parents so that all of us become educated. You know, just like uh, we should be doing health education. Mm. We should be buying space in the media to promote that. You know, just the way other people are promoting burial plans to black communities. And all of us know about it. It should be done in that pervasive manner so that all of us know. We should get to a point where all of us get educated, where you know that if I take two slices of bread, how much excess energy am I putting in my body? If I don't want to gain weight, how much do I have to bear? Basic things like that. So that that becomes part of the health education, not just for children in school but even for adults like ourselves, so that we get to know what caloric intake means. That if you put too much energy, you don't use it, you store it. Yeah. 
Spoken like a true medical practitioner. Thank you so much today for your thoughts. Dr. Jose Letlap is speaking in his personal capacity about yet the work to be done by the introduction and increasing of the health promotion level. We uh, levy, I beg your pardon. We certainly do appreciate the fact that you say more should and could be done in terms of health education. And that's precisely why we have hashtag health on Monday from Malamulele to Mangaung. Best believe SAFM has you covered in that regard. 2148, good night, everybody. Thanks for your patronage.